0: Uh, living in the thick of off season, I think, and I'm joined by Alyssa Godesky, who is on the comeback tour. So we're at slightly different parts of our, our athletic careers, slightly different parts of our seasons. I saw you doing a video Alyssa with some lateral movement. So how is your
2: knee doing? I need an update. Yes, it was very exciting. I am able to very slowly and carefully do some lateral walking, um, but I uh, we record on Monday, so it's Monday. I'm like almost wrapping up my eighth week post-op, which is very exciting because at the eight-week mark, I get to live without the brace unless I'm doing an activity that like, you know, has me thinking I should probably just keep it on for a little bit. Um, And then I will be crutch and Haley, I've upgraded my, as I've been weaning off of crutches, I'm actually in the cane phase of life, I should say. Nice. so. Um, I got this like really cool. I should have brought it, um into the room to like show you this really cool like polka dotted cane from Walmart that last nice. week. Which um, it actually it makes me pretty happy and it's a good conversation starter. So um, but yeah, as of Thursday, I can live without that stuff as long as I don't have pain or feel like I like am, you know need it for extra support. Which is a very exciting phase to be in because then I get to slowly start building. Um, resistance on the bike back. I can start to elliptical and I can definitely tell it's going to be a process. There is still quite a bit of swelling that happens. And, um, it's, it's just so hard. Like you finally start to feel more mobile and it's, you don't think you're doing a lot when you're just cleaning your house, but then you're, you know, like I look down and I'm like, man, my knee is like pretty swollen. I should like stop and ice it. Like what's going on. And then like look at my handy dandy Garmin for my step counter. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I did do twice as many steps today than I did yesterday. Even though I feel like I've been doing nothing right. Like just around the house, but it does add up pretty quickly. So it's exciting to be at that point, but I'm still trying to be patient and mindful of the fact that, you know, it's, there's clearly healing still happening. And um, I certainly don't want to mess anything up now, but it is exciting. I'm starting to feel like an athlete again, which is nice. That is exciting. And I'm, I, also,
0: hear you saying that housework counts as exercise, yes. so um, I'm going to take that with me, um, and use that for myself. I have, I need to do like I mean, I feel like I would say fall cleaning, but it feels like winter here in Bozeman. Yeah. We've got a ton of snow, so um, winter cleaning, I feel like that's what one of the things I need to do this time of year. I just put off everything until after Kona, and now we're more than two weeks after Kona, and I'm like, get your act together, Chura. I'm just what am I doing? But actually what I'm doing is I added to my post Kona blues with now I have post Greenville blues. I mentioned last week I was headed to Greenville, South Carolina to run a half marathon with my friend Megan for to celebrate her 40th birthday and her entry into the master's division. It also coincided with the release of Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version, which Megan and I both love Taylor Swift. Um, so that came out, like I got to Greenville on Thursday evening and that came out at midnight. And so we're like, we were like texting each other, <laughs> we're like listening to it right at midnight. And Alyssa, I don't know if you were up at midnight doing this, but Um, I use Apple music and it didn't come up right away. And we're like, what in the world? I'm texting my sister and everyone's like, ah, my sister's going to give me her Spotify account so I can play. Cause I'm like, I need to know what's in the vault. But I think it was just so much demand that, uh, it took a few minutes, but have you listened to it yet? What do you
2: think? Oh, I definitely have. I feel like it was a nice way to be like a part of history. I think the album became like surpassed her own mark for like the most streamed. Um, album release or something, at least on Spotify. I am a Spotify listener, so um, I was not up at midnight though to start streaming. I had like a leisurely start to the day, I'm sure, and started at a more appropriate time. But I have basically had it on repeat. I love it. I mean, I think it's great. It reminds me of being in LA because this album has the one of the like bonus songs that she did in LA that you are in love. Um, so every time that comes on, I'm like catapulted Aww. back to um the stadium in LA where she was singing in it. it's just such good memories and and all of that so I'm very excited and I so we need to hear about how the half marathon went we need to hear about the costumes and I see that you still have a number on your hand so oh, yes we did is, is I have number the number
0: 13 yeah on okay. my hand um that was courtesy of Megan uh she and her daughter had gone to the movie and so they got like 13 like tattoos for oh. <laughs> temporary tattoos for the movie. So we had some leftovers. So I had that. I have, Oh, I have like several friendship bracelets that we wore, but I did, we dressed up Megan and I both dressed up as 1989 Taylor's version esque Um, I wore like a sparkly blue running skirt and like a black sports bra crop kind of thing. And then white sunglasses. Uh, Megan went with the red lipstick. I look ridiculous and red lipstick. So I didn't quite go that far. I also have seagull earrings that Megan found for us. So we went like all out for this. Um, and it was really fun. Have you ever run a a running race in a costume, Alyssa? I'm trying to
2: think. And other than I did dress up for a beer mile one time, I wore like a leotard, you know, situation. I was like an eighties person, but, um, not a serious race. I don't think nothing. Yeah. No, Yeah, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Like this was like the first time I've done it, but you get like a lot of cheers, which you I was gonna say, did it
2: yeah, did you get more cheers? Are you considering adding a costume to your Iron Man outfits?
0: I mean, I feel like my Iron Man outfit already is kind of a costume. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so much neon. Um, but I mean, yeah, maybe I should add like a sparkly skirt in transition. Um, because it was like fun. It was so fun. You get a lot of cheers. I don't know if everyone knew we were like Taylor Swift, but um, but it was just, it was a fun way to run a race and we had a gorgeous, gorgeous day. We ran the Sphinx half marathon. It was, like I said, Megan's first race as a master's and, um, it was just a really, really nice morning, much warmer here, there than it is here in Bozeman, which was actually quite nice. And, um, it was, it was a great, great course on the swamp rabbit trail, which is, uh, I think a iconic part of Greenville and it went through, you know, some really nice areas. I, we We had a goal to go like one fifty five and Alyssa, my pacing duties. I
2: am <laughs> good at it. <laughs> I
0: um I'm sorry, Megan, as a coach and friend, I'm like, I actually took us out a little slow. Oh, so interesting. i've I've done one other time when I paced an athlete and friend I took us out too fast. So I'm like, I think I have a i'm I'm like looking for that Goldilocks pacing experience still, but I took us out a little slow. um. And then we, you know, had some, a few issues in the end and finished at 201, which is still a very solid time. Her master's PR, right? You got to celebrate that. For sure. Um, And, you know, I felt a little sad because I'm like, I went 901, Megan goes 201. I'm like, goodness, missing all these like markers by just like a little bit. But I mean, Megan's gotten sub two before and like I've gotten sub nine before and it's like, it actually doesn't significantly change your life <laughs> you know, under these time <laughs> barriers, but it just feels a little good, but, um, it was still a lot of fun. And I, you know, really enjoyed the finish line. We got to run it on the bases of their like local baseball field. And we got to celebrate with some champagne and then wait, the uh, bases was part of the marathon court or the half marathon. Yeah, have you ever done oh, a race fun. like that? Yeah. No. It's actually a, okay. I, the first marathon I ever did, I did the St. Jude's Memphis marathon. And I think the finish line is similar to that. And I mean, part of you, if you're like dying, you're like, oh my goodness, I have to run around the bases, but then it's also just like a really cool finish line. And also mm-hmm. a nice place for like, cause you could like, if you're meeting up with people or oh yeah, they can see you do a little lap. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like seating and, um, they had like post-race like biscuits and they were really good, nice. but
2: it's kind uh, of like Ironman Wisconsin has you run around the stadium, like the college yes. stadium there. That's kind of, that is fun, but they don't really. The spectators, I don't know if they the, would let anyone in there. It would be really cool if they could like fill that with spectators, but it's actually totally it's empty cool. and it's like echoing and it's just like, it's cool, but it's also like, we need something going on in here. So I like the outdoor atmosphere. They,
0: can't, they need to blast some Taylor Swift while know, you're running through true. there. That would be that's very true. cool. That would be way better. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was a good time and I'm very proud of Megan for, I mean, it's very, very incredibly great, solid, very good race. And um hopefully you know maybe she'll let me try that again sometime <laughs> I, um, now I'm gonna have all my athletes like stay away no it was actually really fun I got to hang out with their family they're big Halloween people and so uh we did a lot of Halloween decoration looking and also like watching their house get ready for Halloween which was very fun because I'm also a big fan of Halloween and then um I yeah, just had a really good time. I mean, Greenville is a really cool city. I hadn't been there since I was in high school. Um, and so a lot has changed and it was fun to see it and also get a break from the snow. Coming back, Alyssa, I do have to complain again because I was like so close to... Um, like My flight out of Greenville was delayed because of the snow in Denver. And I was going through Denver and... It was like one of those things where I was going to like be very, very close to making my connection Whoa. to where they're asking, they're like, okay, everyone, please stay in your seats. And they're like, if you're going Whoa. to Bozeman, it was like at Vail or like one other place, like you get to go first Whoa, okay. In back of the plane too. And I was yeah. the second person off the plane, which I've never had, but I was like, nice. like using all my, uh, pent up, you know, energy to get to the front. And then I you get to like run off the jet bridge. Like you're behind the guy who like has to open the door. I mean, I've never had this before. And I was coming into gate B 50 and flying out of gate B 49. And I was like, I got a chance. Right. And I was like, do I hurdle the, like, you know, the walkway in the (laughs) middle. And I was like, no, my health insurance deductible is too high. But, um, anyway, I get out and I like run around and I think I missed the flight by like three or four minutes no. which is like it's just the story of my life right uh, now I'm like how do I get like I just need like a little like boost of like being a little bit more like four minutes ahead in life um yeah. so if anyone has an idea on that like <laughs> help me out here I feel like I'm just like I'm I'm just missing things but um you know maybe I can I don't know I don't know how I get that but it was fine I I figured it out got home to cowboy on by buying a plane ticket on another airline okay <laughs> Um, but Uh, yeah I made it back so I'm here and um just a little bit later than than expected but it was still a really really incredible trip and worth any kind of travel hassle and um Greenville South Carolina man you a cool place
2: cool people great food great adult beverages and great races and now that you'll be home for Halloween did you have you already gotten Halloween candy do you usually have trick-or-treaters okay no I don't get any trick-or-treaters I live in a condo and I think it looks like it's like, <laughs> I would think have thought that's, that's like the place scary because like there I would know. be multiple units, right? You could do right. it really fast. Yeah.
0: But for some reason, like no one I've gotten like two in like seven or eight years. Um, which is very disappointing. Cause like, if you go like one block over, there's like millions of children, but, uh, no. So actually what I think I might do instead is go with my friend, Colleen. We do like reverse trick-or-treating. We take cowboy dress him up as a pumpkin and we leave dog treats in all the little dog boxes around Bozeman because every other day of the year, Cowboy, like we go on dog walks and we take copious amounts of treats out of these dog boxes that people put out. Um, sometimes like outside their homes they are like mailboxes, but they're full of dog treats, which is just a cool thing that happens in my neighborhood. Um, but that's like how Cowboy and I have to structure all our walks is like maximizing dog treat boxes. And he's only allowed to visit them once per day. And he knows <laughs> that. Um, cause otherwise it's like, I think if he ever like Got lost. I'm like, oh, he would just be sitting underneath his favorite dog treat box, and um, that's why I know to find him. Just being like, I'm hungry, feed me. Um, He's a well-fed dog, but you know, he always
2: he's always hungry. We're we're the same.
0: We've always Uh talked about how cowboy and I are like the same (laughs) creature, always hungry.
2: Yes. Oh, that's really fun though. I I like that. I am very surprised. You. I was hoping you got a lot of trick-or-treaters and I could live vicariously through you. But because um, when you, yeah, when you live in the boonies, you don't. But I hear like trunk-or-treating is big around here. So then I was like, well, maybe we'll go to the elementary school and do some trunk-or-treating for people. But then I heard you have to like, Prep your trunk, like dr- oh. like dressing up the trunk and in costume for yourself is like the, a thing. And so then I was like, okay, that's just beyond my effort. I was going to just show up like a creepy woman, like with a bag of candy and a trunk, right? <laughs> that might be. Yeah, that might
0: be. Wait, how was your Taylor Swift costume? Did you already oh, do it? Did you I already did, have your party? We
2: did, Yes. And it was funny because I literally almost didn't do this costume with Matt as Taylor and Travis because I was like, everyone this year is going to be Taylor and Travis. Like, I'm sure we'll go to the party and like, uh, there's going to be like five other couples. there. Tra- Taylor and Travis and Hale- or Haley. It's like clear that I am just in my own little echo chamber because we were the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> <who were laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis got, and some people like weren't, it took a minute to like even jog their memories of like who we could possibly be. Um, but it was really cute. It was fun. And I got to use my, uh, era store costume again. So that was fun to just like put that through an- another night. Um, and, but yeah, we I won't be dressing up on actual Halloween, so it's just a um, normal Tuesday around here.
0: Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought, but I was gonna say I was something about Taylor Swift, Eras Tour, Travis Kelsey. What in the world was I thinking? I had something really profound to say, but um, well, keep thinking about it. to me. Yeah,
2: we'll we'll go into the mailbag, and then if we oh, do you have it? Do we doing? Wait, I start?
0: almost did, but then it went. Was- <laughs> What is wrong with my brain? This is post Iron Man, post uh, post everything. Um, no, it was something about uh, yeah, I don't know. I had something really, yeah. Okay, okay, let's go into mailbag, and then if it comes back to me, all right. So everyone, oh, I got it, I got it. (laughs) The best costume I've seen. (laughs) This is what it was. um, Jess Cullen, who we had on the show a uh, few oh, yes. weeks ago. Did you see what she and her husband dressed up as? No. Taylor and Travis? No. They oh. dressed up as Morton gels. Like oh. one was the caffeine and like all white. And then the other one was like uh, the regular gel in black. And I was oh, that's like, pretty oh my good. gosh, that is that such is a really niche good. triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> costume Sorry. so thank you brain for figuring that one out but um but yeah that was I thought that was very very cute
2: yeah that is cute oh I like it I yeah I am looking forward to seeing all the pictures on Halloween of what people are I think that part's fun um okay mailbag uh off season's a great time to be sending us your questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com we have this one who came in it came in from Irene and she's saying congratulations to Haley on Iron Man world championships and she's also a fan of keeping the women's race there every year. So we've got another rope for that. Here we go. We'll just keep tally and send that into Ironman every week with the tally. Um, in Irene's a very astute listener because she remembers from a recent podcast about the race where Haley, you mentioned that you're unusual, you had unusual swim training before the race and it ended up working out well. You were talking about how you had to train in your small, shallow, really hot swimming pool. And because of that, um, your coach had changed your usual Ironman prep swim workouts. And so Irene is someone who regularly has to swim in a small, too hot pool. So she's curious, like what those changes were, um, what kind of swim workouts did you end up doing? How are they different? Anything that can help her maybe find the secrets of success in the bathtubs that people have to swim in?
0: Yes, I know. I know my issues with the pool are not unique. But I okay, yes, we did structure things a little bit different. Because when I swim in the sh- shallower, hotter pool, I have a tendency to get ill, like, um I'll get like, actually very seasick, I get motion sickness very easily. And I think there aren't as good of um, lane lines. And I think it being shallow, like how that affects my inner ear. So I kept all of my swims, and, and this was structured by Matthew Rose, my coach, but um, all of my swims were less than 3000 yards and which is pretty short for me. And honestly felt very short, but I found that if I keep it under 3000, I don't get sick. And when I start getting sick, I start like overheating, getting really nauseous. And then honestly, like sometimes I've had to like lay on the deck <laughs> very dramatically. um, Or I go home and I have to like, it takes me like hours to recover from like a sh- easy swim. And so I just like, it's not productive. And so I keep them under 3000 yards, so a little bit shorter uh, in my typical swim training. I will do, a, I do a lot of like threshold kind of like, um, you know, Ironman race pace or fa- a little bit faster type of swimming and uh, like 400s. I love a good 400, but I can't handle that. I start overheating too much in um, when I go too long. So we actually did a lot more short intensity, 25s, 50s, Like I think I maybe did like two 100s the entire Mm -hmm. summer, like very short. Um, And I also do swim at 530 in the morning, usually just because the air temperature was cooler. Um, So the differential between the air and the water was bigger versus later in the day, I would get overheat a lot easier. So that's what I did. I did actually swim more frequently, so I think I was swimming five days a week, which the pool is only open five days a week. Um, and so I was doing a little bit more swim frequency and a little bit less um, like volume in those. And then once a week, I would actually do a long open water swim. So I think I mentioned earlier this summer that uh, a couple of guys who are here in Bozeman, Dylan Gillespie, who's a pro triathlete as well, and John Kaiser, who's a good friend of his, um, put out swim buoys um at our local reservoir in about a 1000 meter lap and it's open for 1 hour but they would sometimes let me swim like five laps. <laughs> so I was like first in last out um trying to get in like a 4 to 5k swim. And I would actually structure that almost like a workout especially since it is like a lap um where I do like a lap warm up and then I would do uh, like an actual like workout and Um, I, I just would use my regular watch. Like I didn't try, I I was always like, I should try to get the form goggles to like get ready, but I just can't, can't be bothered with technology sometimes. So I just used like a regular, like stopwatch kind of look and just would do like three minutes, uh, you know, Ironman race effort and then three minutes recovery, that kind of thing, like simulating, uh, two hundreds. And I do think that helped. It got a little cold. So some of those were done with a wetsuit and sometimes I would do like, three laps with a wetsuit and then two laps without, um, when the temperature started dropping. But I think that that helped keep my like threshold in and getting like longer swims in. And, um, which I know is like your core and your back and your hip flexors, kind of those small muscles. But, um, but I ultimately, I can't believe it worked. (laughs) I'm very thankful for Matthew for, for getting creative. And, and then our, our long course pool did open, like I had two and a half weeks in the long course pool um before I left for Hawaii and we you can't just like naturally jump right into like doing 4 to 5k when you've only been doing 3k but we did a very quick little build basically got like one incredible week of swimming in where I did get those 400 600s like longer distance things um and i think it worked. so so there are ways to get creative like talk to your coach. um i do think, you know, in swimming, biking and running, sometimes if you are in a certain situation experimenting with frequency can, you know, shorter but more frequent sessions can work. and um and obviously i have a long swim background so that helps as well, but this was much much better this year than last year when i was in a similar situation and i think we tried to keep everything traditional and it just, it swimming 4k in that pool, it sounds like nothing like 4,000 yards. Um, It just, for some reason, I just hit that threshold and my body just starts shutting down Is like, we are not handling this. So thank you, Matthew. I really appreciate it. And Irene, hopefully something in there helps for you.
2: Yeah. I think like, there's just something that is like, so unsatisfying about swimming in a hot pool. And like, you have a workout to do and you know, like, whether it went okay or not, I feel like you just don't get the same sense of satisfaction. So it sounds like you've ha- found that way to get like a good satisfying workout in, in those conditions, which is like so good mentally and physically, obviously it worked for you too. So really good tips there. Thanks for listening and asking that Irene and anyone else can send in questions to Podcast at com.
0: Alyssa, I was, I mean, I was, came in on top of the show and I said, you know, I'm celebrating off season, doing a lot of really fun things, Um, you know, late nights, listening to Taylor Swift, my idea of fun, but <laughs> I, um, it's not like off season. I mean, we have Ironman Florida this week, which is, and we just had Alice Alberts on the show talking about that. I mean, it looks like a really strong field. Several women who, women who race Kona are racing a Florida,
2: which I'm like, oh my goodness, more power to you. Yes. I mean, it does look like it is shaping up to be pretty Good day of racing there. So that will be very fun to watch. It's certainly not off season for everyone. And Haley, our guest this week, is another person who is not really taking a traditional off season this winter because this winter, Kelsey Myers is attempting to be the first woman to race seven Olympic distance triathlons across all seven continents in just seven days. And This attempt is a fundraiser for Z Girls, which is a nonprofit organization that was founded by Olympians and female professional athletes to instill self-confidence in middle school girls through sport. Kelsey has been in the triathlon space for over a decade. She has had her hands in so many things that we're really excited to talk to her about. And of course, to ask her all the details about how this project is going to go off. So we will hear from Kelsey after a word from our sponsors. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi it's so nice to meet you guys. So we have a big upcoming project to chat with you about but first we want to just kind of start by talking to you a little bit about your background set the stage for our listeners. So in terms of the athletic side of things with your background I think you've been a triathlete for over a decade at least Um, and your most recent race was this year at St. George 70.3. I think you might have done something else since then. Um, So you know I'm kind of curious, like, what is your background in sport? How did you find it, you know, over a decade ago?
1: Yeah, so I have been on and off in triathlon for like 15 years. It It's like a love-hate thing for me. I kind of fell into it, and I'm an age grouper, just to be complete, <laughs> completely uh, transparent. Um, I fell into it my senior year in college. There was a semester where I was racing cross-country and swimming, I joined the cross country.
0: What, what, what school?
1: Oh, Cal Lutheran. It's division 3000X, California. So I, um, I basically joined the cross country team my senior year to get out of going to because <laughs> I hated swimming so much. Haley, I know you're a swimmer, right?
0: Yes. Just... Yes. I love swimming, but I am curious. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, how could you do both? That's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, I hate, swimming, so I'm going to join the cross country team for whatever reason they let me join. I literally like, I took a jogging credit my like for a PE credit my sophomore year in college and before that I couldn't run more than a mile and then I just fell in love with running after that and by senior year I was like okay I want to join the cross country team <laughs> they let me do it my swim coach was not impressed with that antic he was like okay well you still have to go to morning some practice and
2: cross yeah
1: um, but yeah, so that was my background. I also played water polo for a year in college. Um, and my senior year, there was a sprint triathlon. I borrowed a friend's beach cruiser. I won- I ended up winning, which was like shocking because it was co-ed. My friend Parker assumed he would win because he was the only one with a fancy bike. I had like no helmet on my beach cruiser. And uh, you won overall men and women, you were first across the line. It was was a very casual sprint one. And so I got a hundred dollars to roadrunner, a hundred dollar gift card to roadrunner, which in college, like I had never had fancy sneakers before. And so I was like, this is like gold. And I didn't even know there was a prize. It was so fun. Um, so that, that was my introduction to triathlon. After I graduated, I moved to Arizona and it became a community thing, you know, for a lot of people, that's what it is. I just didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. So I joined try Scottsdale. They, you know, felt bad for me and gave me a trike for the bike, brought a friend's bike. Um, and then it's, you know, I think a lot of people have this problem where you get like hooked. Like, it's like you do, you know, a a sprint try and then like, people are like, Oh, you should do a half Ironman. So you're like, okay, I'll do it. how, like someone gave me their bid for a half Ironman. I did that. And then people were saying like, Oh, you should do, have you considered doing a full Ironman? And I was like, and then the slippery, someone, slope. Yeah. <laughs> slippery slope. Yeah. So, so I ended up doing Coeur Lane in like 2014. It was like one of the best experiences of my whole life. It also, um, I, I ended up getting injured because of that. And after that, I really, like, I went through post-Iron Man Blues. I I really got into yoga and Pilates, and I was, like, I just want to, like, be nice to my body. I don't want to do this, like, punishment for training anymore, you know? So, for a while, I was, like, completely out of triathlon. And then, um, and then the pandemic happened. I got back on my bike. I moved to Bend. Everyone in Bend is a triathlete, and You know, so then that pulled me back into the pool. Suddenly, I'm I did um, I did escape from Alcatraz, and then I did St. George, as you mentioned. And yeah, now I'm working on this project. Somehow, (laughs) we are we're definitely going to talk more about your project. I'm I'm glad you're back in the
0: sport. Um, and you know I'm back out there, but. Aside from your athletic pursuits, you're also heavily immersed in the endurance sport world in your professional life as well. And I believe you worked in marketing at Nike for several years. You worked on the Nike Women's Marathon. And with us coming off the all-women's Kona that just happened, we're like hyped on these all-women's races. So we'd love to hear your perspective on that about what you learned while working on that about these women-specific events.
1: Yeah, well, I'll just start with, with my Iron Man, actually, because that was really, that's really kind of like where I first noticed the huge disparity between men and women in the sport. Like, it, you know, I was surrounded by men. This was back in 2014. I think like people like you guys are really pushing the sport forward, but back then it was like my my swag bag had men's deodorant <laughs> and coupon for men's like products, and even you know finishing and being called an iron man, like kind of describes all this work, you know, there's not a word for iron. Yeah, I mean, you guys have coined iron woman, but it's sort of seen as like tongue in cheek or like a, a joke. And, you know, if you think about it, like how would the men feel if we were like, when they, you know, f- cross the finish line, if we we're like, congrats, you're an iron woman, <laughs> like they would not be thrilled. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, you know. So yeah, I mean, that, that really made me feel like the sport is like not designed for me. And it's an intimidating sport anyway, just the nature of it being very, you know, it's, you know, it's hard training for an Ironman is very hard. It's intimidating. But on top of that, I was like, it just doesn't feel like it's made for me. And then, yeah, it's a so I was also simultaneously working on, uh, the women's marathon, which is the complete opposite. There's women everywhere. It's designed for women. You finish the, you cross the finish line, you get a um tiffany's necklace that's handed to you by firemen off-duty firemen in a tiffany's box like it was it's completely curated for women and it's such a you just i mean it's you guys know like you just have to be there to feel it to like really get like why that's so empowering and and really like incredible to bring that many women into the sport of running like women who previously would not have thought like i could run a half marathon It was really cool to work on that and see these women be like, wow, like I set this big goal for the year of running 13.1 miles and I did it. I would love to see the same with more age groupers in the, in the triathlon space, because we're still like, we're still not at a one-to-one ratio, which is where I would love to be.
2: Yeah. I think we're, we're inching our way there. And it's like, I feel there's a lot more momentum than ever before, given uh, the world championship in Kona this last year. So I do feel like we're getting there, but that is like the Nike women's marathon is one of the earliest events that like, yeah, I can remember was one of like a huge all women's event. Right. It wasn't even just like a small local one or something like that. So definitely, you you know, I never did Haley. Have you? No, but I, I think one of my
0: like second or third triathlons I ever did was the like Georgia peach women's triathlon, which was in Georgia and it was an all women's event. And Um, I definitely did not win there, but I, I had a lot of fun and it was, I just also remember like the post-race food was amazing. And, (laughs) um, and just, it was a different vibe. And then I was I I come from public accounting. I've said this on the podcast before. So I recognize that I'm fairly comfortable in like mostly male spaces. And so I think that made it easy for me to get into Ironman. And I didn't, I didn't recognize it. It took me, you know, it kind of took it like hitting me in the face with going pro and like realizing we didn't get as many slots. And it was like, wait a second, like the men get 50 and we get 35. Like, and, and also experiencing that personally, like how that impacted my relationship with sponsors because it made it harder because it was going to be harder for me to make Kona. And um and then, you know, no companies wanted to sponsor me if I wasn't gonna be there. And so, it, and then, you know, snowballs the Im- economic impact. And, and unfortunately it took that for me to realize it and to take a step back and be like, wait, wait, no, something's wrong here. And I give Alyssa, Sarah Gross, who's our, you know feisty founder, a lot of credit for kind of embracing that before it was cool. And I'm so glad it is cool now. And I'm glad that Ironman finally came around to seeing the economic benefit of having women there. But I do think it took too long and now we got to roll with it. Right. And so do you have advice on that? On like, how we keep this going, keep the momentum going and get to that one-to-one ratio.
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I don't know. That's a really big question. Like that's kind of been my secret agenda for a long time is like how do we bring more women into the sport? Not just, you know, you got, I know you guys think a lot more on like the professional side, but just on the age group side, like how do we even get someone to sign up for their first sprint triathlon and enjoy the benefit that I've enjoyed, you know, that anyone who gets into the sport as an age grouper enjoys of finding a community of like-minded women, you know, finding other people who are ambitious and goal oriented and, and that type of thing, you know, it's, it's a good healthy hobby to have, you know, and I think a lot of women just kind of see, I I know, I don't think I know a lot of women who maybe played sports in college or whatever. Like, I'll be like, Oh, you you should do the sprint tri, You should do the Malibu triathlon this weekend. It's, you know, and they're like, I could never like, that's crazy. A lot of people think it's only Ironman. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a sprint. You do a relay, you run four miles but you just have to go. You just have to experience the magic of being at one of these races because it's something you can feel when you're there. I don't know what the answer would be to, to keep up the momentum, except like a lot of little things. You know, a lot of those those things that you said that you didn't even notice before, you know, Haley, you were saying that like, you didn't even realize that it was an experience that wasn't created for you until, because you're just kind of comfortable. This is what it is. That's what's been handed to you. This is an environment for men. Like you're comfortable with men. I'm, I have two brothers, you know, and I've, I have a twin brother. Like I've always felt comfortable around guys, kind of the same team, same thing. Oh, this is just what it is. But then you experience something where it's truly created for women and you're like, oh, this is what it could be too. So I think just more of a lot of little things and welcoming more women into the sport, making it a little bit more accessible. Definitely,
2: definitely. Uh, And Kelsey, you mentioned, you know, encouraging people to do the Malibu Triathlon. I'm sure that came to mind because among some of the projects you've worked on, you um, have also managed the celebrity division, I believe, at the Malibu Triathlon. And This is a race that's actually really well known for the celebrity division. Um, They're competing for a charity and it's like very robust with celebrities. I think like Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey have taken part through the years. Is it hard to find celebrities
1: capable of swimming, biking and running to get through the event? It's hard to find people who are capable of swimming, you know, normal people (laughs) who aren't already in the triathlon world. It's hard to find anyone and be like, hey, you should do this thing. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty hard, like, I mean, a lot of celebrities tend to be high achievers. They tend to be fitness oriented. They usually come in through their friends, you know, like a lot of the times I'll, I'll just, you know, work on the, friend, work on the, the person who's already done the race and, and be like, Hey, you should bring in a co-star or whatever. Yeah.
2: So Do you have anyone in mind that like through your time there who had the most like true talent as a triathlete would you say
1: carla souza for sure hmm. she's insane. do you guys know her
2: no she's i'm not familiar
1: actress. she's on how to get away with murder uh yeah. she just came out with a movie called la caída she's a mexican actor actress okay um home economics too but she is like she is such a baller like she's insane she she was filming uh home economics during the day or no, during the night. So she had she was at Disneyland filming her TV show overnight. She'd get up at like, she'd sleep during the day. She'd get up at like 7 p.m., go swim in the Disneyland pool to drink. <laughs> she won the whole thing. I mean, out of the celebrity division. And she's just like, she just has that grit. She's got two kids now, casually. Like when I met her, she didn't have kids she's kind of one of those people that had, you know, had her two kids and then is on the other side and is still running like a million miles an hour. So is
0: there anyone you'd like love to see do a triathlon? Any stars, you know, what, that, uh, you're like, Oh, that person, they would love it. If I could just get them on the start line.
1: I feel so my whole job was like recruiting celebrities. So there's like a million of them that I've like stalked on Instagram. Like DM would reach out to their agent. There's a lot of them. I'm trying to think who would be like one that's notable that I've been like you would love it. <laughs> like you should get out there. There's Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit.
0: And we can come back to that. It's fair enough, but um I mean, I'm curious though. I mean, I love the like us weekly segment where they'd be like stars are just like us. Do <laughs> they get nervous? Like do you think
1: they get nervous for this or are they just oh, like yeah. no, no no no, big deal? No, definitely. Like that's the cool thing about it is triathlons like the great equalizer. And among the, the celebrity athletes, they're, they come from all different backgrounds, right? So there's usually like 50 uh, participants, celebrities in the celebrity division. Some of them are like local newscasters. Some of them work in music. Some of them are from the office cast was there or the how to get away with murder cast. Um, so that's it's cool to see that, too, because they all have like totally different backgrounds, like in their space, they're very famous, like the soap opera, uh, uh, actresses are like, like in that space, everyone knows them so well. But then when they get to the start line and they're racing against like the sitcom crew or whatever, like it's all the same. And they're, they're funny. Cause yeah, they've got a lot going on. Obviously they're very, very busy and they, they kind of just get thrown into it. Some of them don't train really. I mean, they, I don't know. I feel like they tell, they tell me they don't train, but they do, <laughs> you know, um, cause they've got, they're always, just working out for fitness they've got trainers and that type of thing but some of them get out there and like i mean the ocean too like that's the great equalizer like that's the thing that most people are afraid of who aren't who you know aren't already triathletes it's like terrifying so i usually will go out with them like a few times before the actual race just to get them comfortable with like duck diving to get out into the water and and making them feel a little bit more comfortable for race day well, I, I love to hear it because I do think that,
0: like you said, the ocean is the great equalizer, but so much, so much respect for everyone who does any race. Uh, I think at any level, I think it does take a lot of courage. Uh, Kelsey, you also founded Tortoise, which is an online store that features a curated collection of women's swim, bike, run brands. Plus, I believe training plans, community for endurance athletes. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Tortoise came to be?
1: Yeah, so this is all a part of my secret agenda of bringing more women into age group triathlon. Um, I think, so the idea came to me, like probably, I think four years ago when I was living in LA and I went to a Rafa all women's ride. And when I lived in LA, it was very hard to make friends. People don't, you know, it was just hard. And I always wanted to have this group of like ambitious, high achiever type of friends, couldn't find it. And I went to this Rafa women's ride. There were like eight women, and it, there was like a surgeon and you know an author, a marketing like all these people that I was like these women are like really cool like this is exactly what I've been looking for. So that was the first weekend. A couple of weeks later, there was a um, an anniversary ride by Rafa, and there were like two hundred people and again eight <laughs> eight women <laughs> like <laughs> and it and I got dropped you know and I. Had, done an Ironman at this point I'm I wouldn't say I'm super fast but I'm not I shouldn't have been dropped I had to get picked up by the Rafa car of shame <laughs> okay my friend and I did I brought a girlfriend with me to this one um and it was just like I just realized like this is not designed for women like I would love for there to be more experiences like this that are like truly designed for women first where it's like we're expecting women to show up it's not kind of like oh who are you what are you doing here like okay well we'll have to like Figure that out now that you're here and like, you know. And then even, you know, being in a Rafa store, like I've tried to buy shoe, like cycling shoes before, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have women's." I'm like, "What? How do you like? Aren't you guys? Isn't that what you sell? How do you not have women's shoes? Like that makes no sense to me." So, that was kind of the beginning of it. And then I had a friend who had just signed up for her first sprint triathlon. The first thing she did and she was not a triathlete not you know no background in any of that and the first thing that she did was she got on her phone and she was like googling the tri suit that she was going to wear and she found the Stella McCartney by Adidas suit that I was like that is like I would never like that's not what triathletes do typically like it's not the first thing you think of when you sign up for a race but it actually makes so much sense for like an everyday woman like if you have a big event if you have a wedding if you have something special you're going to think about like, well, what am I wearing on that day? What do I want to wear? There's going to be a lot of photos. You want to feel good in what you're wearing in your body. At that point, you've been training for like six months or whatever. So, you, you know, you want to look good. You want to have something that's, that's cute. And that just made me start thinking about like, I really like at that time I was like, I think I want to start a triathlon brand, even though I'm not a designer. I have 15 years of marketing experience, but I'm not <laughs> at all. You know, so eventually I was like, okay, I don't need to like pick up this new random skill set of being a designer. I realized there's a lot of incredible designers out there already. I just want to create a platform where I'm bringing them together and picking out my favorite pieces that feel like they're really made for women. And it's not just that pink it and shrink it model or just like, well, here's what we're doing for the men. And, oh, if we have something extra, we'll like throw to you guys. I want to accommodate women's shopping habits too, like, you know, I could make a a big generalization and say the woman, the way that women shop is really different from how men shop. Men are much more practical. They're good with just going online, getting the thing that they need. They're done. For women, like if we have something that, you know, we really love, like we like to have options. If it makes us feel good for me, if I have a cute cycling Jersey, like it makes me want to go for a ride. That's the thing that gets me out the door. And if that's what it is, that's great. So I just wanted to create a brand that was, serving women in the way that we already exist and wasn't just sort of like an afterthought and so can you tell so people can go
2: to we'll link to it in the show notes too to the website and then is it do you update it regularly with just like the piece that you kind of suggest can they buy do they buy it through tortoise or do they buy like linked elsewhere?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I, my dream for this is it's like the anthropology of endurance Mm -hmm. athletes. So it's like a lot of brands that are cool. I pick out the pieces. I'm always updating it with new pieces. So there's stuff you guys would know, like Betty designs, but then there's other brands like Oliver auto is a Mexican city, Mexico city brand that, um, I wanted it to feel like, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and you find something and you're like, this is cool. I didn't, you know, how did I didn't find this? It's really small. Like I wanted to introduce a brand like Oliver Otto to the North American audience or to the, sorry, to the U S audience. Um, or like Candescent is a London based brand you guys probably know Brava endurance. Mm -hmm. They're based in Montreal. So uh, there's a lot of brands like that. And and even I brought in goal five too, which is a, they're a soccer brand actually,
2: Hmm.
1: which might seem a little random, but like, hear me out. This is what, you know, my train of thought is I came across them it was training clothes that i was like oh this is this, this is cute this is stuff that i would wear to run in it's not like soccer jerseys or anything like that it's it's um like running clothes and gym clothes and i had a a call with their founder and it it kind of just like devolved into this long conversation about what the women's national team has gone through all of the challenges that they've had and I was, th- I was telling them, I was like, you know, I don't mean to like knock on soccer players, but like in the triathlon world, the pros actually get paid the same as the men. Like we've never had that issue. And there's also a level of respect for female triathletes, professional triathletes that I don't think that just my perception is like the soccer men get. So I, you know, and we kind of had this conversation, like, well, there could be some storytelling around that because we're sort of on the same mission we have the same agenda of like leveling the playing field for men and women in sport and elevating professionals and triathlon already is this like I don't know how you guys feel about this but I feel like it's like this when I when I finally it took me a long time to like come across professional triathlon honestly like I just even when I was like training for Ironman for whatever reason I wasn't like presented to me as something that you should like follow the pros which is crazy now and now that I do I'm like this is, this is what everybody, this is where everybody is trying to go is is this place of equality for the men and women in sport. So. Okay. So we could, we could dive into like a whole other podcast on some of that topics,
2: but those topics, but we did bring you on. Now we've alluded to a few times to talk to you about the next thing you're working on. And it's coming up quick because Kelsey, this winter, you are attempting to be the first woman to race seven Olympic distance triathlons across all seven continents in just seven days. And this attempt is going to be a fundraiser for Z Girls, which is a nonprofit that was founded by Olympians and female pro athletes to instill self-confidence in middle school girls through sport. So, wow, that's a lot. And so where are we even going to begin asking you questions about this? Um, You know, I'll start by saying that we've heard about the World Marathon Challenge, where people are attempting to run marathons, right? On the seven continents in seven days. Um, But triathlon adds this like huge, many, many layers of complications, logistics to something that's already very complicated for a challenge. So I'm so curious, how did you get the idea to go for this?
1: So my friend Raymond Braun was the first man to do this this past February. And he and I have had a lot of conversations about Making the sport of triathlon feel more accessible to people who are not like the stereotypical triathlete, like particularly women. That you know, for me, I'm I'm trying to bring in more women. He is passionate about bringing that in the LGBTQ community, just anyone who's outside of that like idea that we have of like if you look like this, you are a triathlete. So that was where it started, and you know, he we had a a dinner with Athletic Greens to celebrate when he got back, and he was like. Kelsey, you should go, you should be the first woman to do this. And then I got, I ended up, it's kind of a long story, but getting connected with Z girls and they're an organization that I like love. Like I wish I would have had them when I was in middle school, middle school was so painful and awkward. I'm sure you you guys might relate to that. Um, and so they create these programs that kind of teach like those things that you learn or that I've learned in yoga class as an adult, where it's like, you learn about self-worth and, you know, these feelings of like inadequacy or feeling like you're never enough. I think a lot of women feel that, you know, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. And just realizing that like on your own, as you exist, you already are enough. And they were founded by Olympians and professional athletes. They teach self-confidence in sport, which is something like, I think a lot of my confidence as a kid just came from being on the swim team and having, you know, I was so awkward in school, but then I'd go to the pool and I'd feel like, okay, well, this is at least one space where I feel like I'm, I'm good at it, you know? And I know, I know what I'm doing and, you know, um, yeah, so, so that's kind of, that's how it started was the so Z girls.
0: Yeah. You'll start in Antarctica and then you're going to travel to Chile, Morocco, Spain, Oman, Australia, and then finish in Malibu. Uh, and, and for any of our listeners who aren't familiar, familiar with the Olympic distance race, it is a, Point nine mile swim, a 24.8 mile bike, and then a 6.2 mile run. That's a lot. I mean, it is, you have to bring a bike to all of those places. So can you talk about the logistics? I think, I mean, starting with Antarctica, which is the one where we're like, how are you going to swim in Antarctica? Like what kind of wetsuit are you bringing? Um, I mean, can you, can you, are you following the same route as Raymond? I mean, uh, you can pick any of those to start with. <laughs>
1: So a lot of people have swam in Antarctica before actually, which surprised me. Uh, there's some people who swim in just a Speedo to protest or to to bring awareness to climate change, oh. which, it, yeah. And so this is like definitely like a bucket list thing for me. I'm really excited to do it. I will have a wetsuit. I've been talking with a handful of wetsuit sponsors. It comes down to like, I want the thickest wetsuit possible, obviously. Uh, the big threat, bigger than the, the water, I mean, I've been cold plunging, like you, the cold is like a challenge, but it's not impossible. It's doable. You know, what will will the water temperature be? Do you think? Right around 32 degrees. Okay. Okay.
0: I read Lynn Cox's like swimming to Antarctica. And I think it was like, she swam, I think one mile in Antarctica, but in just a speedo, but I think she had like a rectal thermometer to make sure she like didn't get too cold. And so I'm just like, this I mean even saying a lot of people I think is like relative <laughs> and 0. 0.9 miles is 1500 meters I mean it's not
1: it's it's a long distance. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy who did a full ironman in Antarctica. What? Yeah, he's like the ice um ice well, I don't remember what he goes by but he there's a documentary about it. Um and there's another guy who will be doing an, a, another ironman he He's going to be the first man to do seven Ironmans on seven continents. Whoa. Um, just in general, he's already been the first six. There, Ironmans. There's more levels of, of, uh, ambition. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say use a different yeah. word, but, um, but okay. So you have a big, uh, like a, a special or hopefully thermal wetsuit. Um, what about like your transition? Are you going to get fully dry? Do you have a bike with studded tires for this?
1: I'll have a fat tire bike. And I'm, I'm not like the, honestly, the logistics is harder than the race itself, right? Like the idea of getting a bike to seven <laughs> locations you guys know is like impossible. So I'll have a rental bike at each location. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, I, it doesn't, you know, I'm not doing How this. Do you,
0: are you getting to Antarctica via like a ship
1: through? I mean, I'm, I'm just also curious about that. There's a few ways to do it. I will probably fly and it'll depend on the weather. It, Depends on some sponsor stuff right now. So, uh, but most likely it'll be a flight from Arenas, Chile. I'll start at 8 a.m. in Antarctica. I'll do the the race. I don't know how long it'll take. We'll see. And then 4 p.m. So, and then I get it back on the plane. I go to Arenas, Chile. I do the second one, which it's as cold in Arenas as it is in Antarctica, pretty much. The water's really cold. So that'll be the the, I'm front loading the hardest part of the whole thing. If I can get through that, I can get through all of it. Then from there, I'll have about a day, I'm great at sleeping on airplanes, so that's nice, a day to get to Morocco, uh, because I'll be crossing the Atlantic. Um, And then like you said, so it'll go Morocco, to Spain, to Oman, to Australia, back to Malibu, where we'll do a celebration. And what about um,
2: like the funding side of this? Is this something that you like have been saving for and just want to put into your hopes and dreams? Is it sponsorship money? Is it something that people can donate towards when they send a donation to Z girls, like how I know these projects obviously are costly.
1: Yeah. So I have sponsors. I have a sponsor right now and I'm talking to more sponsors. If any of your listeners want to uh, talk about that, it's Kelsey at global Um, and then, yeah, we also have a Patreon and, um, I, yeah, the main thing is right now we're fundraising for Z girls because that's what creates, um, more programming for the girls. So it's, that's obviously a separate, um, expense, but I, you know, just to make this happen there. So there's basically two versions of how this could look. It could be the $40,000 cheap. Like I just go and, and, you know, strap a GoPro to my head. And then there's the $250,000 version, which is like with a team, with a doctor, with a um, a content team, I'll have a race sanctioner to, to record the distances, all of these things, which is, um, what I, I decided about like two or three weeks ago, I was like, I need to do the bigger version. Like if I'm going to do this, I can't go to Antarctica and swim, you know, and not get like really cool underwater footage of that. That's something that like, I would really re- regret. So yeah, initially I was going to do this November twenty eighth. Now it's going to be early January because of some budget things with some of the sponsors. And it's by yourself. I mean, you're you're you will be the only competitor in each of these races. Is that right?
0: Yep. Does that yeah. make you feel excited, or I mean, it, do you hope other
1: people? It inspires other people to try it. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to join me, send, send me send me an email or a DM. I I oh okay. So I we have invited girls to join me um, at each of the locations for the last mile of the race, because this really is like an invitation to girls and women around the world to get involved in sport. A big part of this, you know, a big part of me not being a pro and just kind of being like a normal person doing a crazy thing is that I want this to feel a little bit more accessible than something that's like, like I don't want people to think I have this like superpower that is empowering me to do this. I want people to just kind of realize like, I want girls and and women to realize, like, if you have something that you kind of want to do, you just set the goal. You figured out how to do it. It's like Iron Man, right? Like there was a time where I was like, there's absolutely no way I could do it. A lot of people feel like that. And then you just piece by piece. You're like, oh, okay. Like I just had to do the training for that. I just had to, for me now, it's like, I just have to figure out the logistics. I just have to get the wetsuit, combat the leopard seal (laughs) in Antarctica. Which, So there's leopard seals that are like very scary in Antarctica. Really? Whoa. Like- how scary like they've killed a person before a researcher in Uh-oh. Antarctica so if there is one they'll pull me out of the water immediately okay I, yeah but yeah so there's a lot of elements <laughs> involved there's cold water there's leopard seals but but it's just like you take things one step at a time like with anything you just kind of figure out like well how will I handle how will I deal with that i'll i'll get pulled out of the water if if someone sees it i'll find the right wetsuit
2: i can't even really wrap my head around like All of the time you're having to spend figuring out the logistics, talking to sponsors for budget stuff, all of that, that you're still kind of doing. And so what does training look as you're like looking to prep for this? Are you doing anything special for like, you know, seven and seven days with limited sleep and rest and stuff in between? Do you, are you worried about like time goals? I mean, you definitely have deadlines to keep you moving on time through the project, right?
1: Yeah. So I have never worked with a triathlon coach before. I just finally hired my first coach, Jasmine from South Bay squad. Who's amazing. She also is helping with nutrition. I am terrible with nutrition, especially like Halloween week. I have been eating a lot of sugar, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, well, so first of all, I'm in Los Angeles for the rest of the year to train with the many groups down here. There's a ton of like cycling groups and run clubs and, I've been swimming with the master swim group at my, uh, where I went to college, Cal Lutheran. So I'm right now I'm training with other people. That's a a big thing that pushes me to just get the thing done. Um, and then, yeah, I have Jasmine now working on a training plan for me. So we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, I, like I said, I've never, I've never had a coach before and I think it'll be interesting to see what it looks like to have a little bit more structure in my training
0: and is anyone helping you with the logistics i mean you seem like someone who has has things together and but it is a lot i mean do you have like you mentioned a bit about bringing a team um do you
1: have anyone on your team currently i do yeah i have a business partner for this and okay. so she's handling all of the logistics Um, which, yeah, like I said, that's harder than what I'm actually doing. So she'll be, because I won't be able to schedule to, to book the flights until I've done the Antarctica piece first. And that's dependent on sponsor stuff. So the first thing is I have to figure out the the Antarctica sponsorship and then that is dependent on weather. So whenever the weather is good, then she books all the flights from there to the next destinations.
2: So it all happens super short term then at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she'll still be
1: in LA booking up for me.
2: Okay. Wow. And what about like, I mean, I (laughs) say this to myself, like laughing, I'm assuming there's not like an Antarctica triathlon club that you have reached out to, but like at some of the locations, is there triathlon groups, running groups that you have reached out to, to like figure out where to even do this?
1: Yeah. So there are, and that's how Raymond got people to compete with him. He, he had support from the local groups. So I have been reaching out, um, and hopefully people will join me in the locations outside of Antarctica. Um, and then the, the last location, uh, in Malibu, obviously I've got a community here and people I've been training with. And so people like everyone is kind of just welcome to join in. None of these are official races. It's all just, um, yeah, me racing on my own and then people can jump in if they want. That will be a huge party in
0: Malibu. I can't even imagine. We will not need to think that far ahead yet, but you guys want um, to come? <laughs> I know I do. If I'm like in the SoCal area, I mean, not, not be have to twist my arm to get there, but I am curious about, uh, as you plan this, it does sound like you have, you've pivoted, like you have like made changes where you're like, okay, I do want photographers. I do want uh, a bigger team, all that kind of stuff. Have there been any really unexpected obstacles that, uh, you know, may have been a bigger pivot?
1: Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing was just realizing. So we announced this on the International Day of the Girl with through my publicist Priscilla, who's awesome. Um and that was when so initially we'd planned on November 28th doing this, which is like a month from today. And that was really when it was like, I just was like, this is like really real. I mean, the the biggest thing is realizing, like, I want to do this fully. I don't want to just kind of do this and just, you know, like I want to do it. I want to do the big version of it. So that's been the biggest pivot from the beginning. Um, Yeah. Do you think you're just someone who does handle
0: that pretty well? I mean, I think you'd have to be, because I can only imagine these are the things that have come up before, but during there's going to be obstacles. Uh, you know, are you, are you thinking about that? Are you prepared? Are you just like, I'm good at this? I got it.
1: I, I would say that I'm pretty good at just like figuring out things like step-by-step. Step. So yeah, I mean, I won't say that it hasn't been super str- like it, it's been really stressful <laughs> figure like going from thinking I'm doing this on November 28th to being like, no, okay. I got to be realistic. It should be in January. So that that was the big thing that was really stressful. And I like, I'm prepared that there will be a million things that will go wrong. Like there'll be missed flights. Like I know when Raymond did his, he, he missed a flight. And so he ended up having to swim in Spain at like midnight. And he said that was the coldest swim out of all of them. And he was by himself. It was like pitch black. And it was like terrifying, you know, but it's just, I don't know. I just really like, understand that if I take things bit by bit, like I'll, be okay. (laughs) You know, like the, the big picture of it is like all the things that could could go wrong. I could be consumed by that. Or I could just kind of be like, okay, as things come to me, like I've dealt with chaos before, like, I'll just take it as it comes and figure out how to get through it as that happens.
0: Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for sharing so much about your, your background and this upcoming global triathlon project. We will be, uh, following for sure, cheering you on and yeah, maybe some folks will, show up in Malibu for the, the party at the end, but best of luck to you. Thank you guys. It was so good to chat with you. You're incredible, incredible attempt at this, uh, incredible feat. I, I can't wait to see how it goes. I'll be tracking for sure. And Alyssa, you know, keep enjoying your Halloween, enjoy your, uh, rural life. Enjoy that lateral movement. That was such a big thing when I was coming back from injury, like when you could do lateral movement, just cause I don't know, I don't think that's like something I'm very good at in daily life anyway. And I'm like, ah, doing it without pain. It's amazing. So, um, I'm excited for you get ditch that cane, no
2: crutches. I can't wait for you to be fully weight bearing. That's gonna be very exciting. Yeah. Just a week away. I'll tell you all about it. Haley. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Bye Alyssa.
0: You've been listening to the iron women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadesky.
2: Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen
0: Titian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh
2: perspectives. Thanks for listening.